Cash rules everything around me. Cream, get the money. Dollar dollar bill, y'all. Yep, that's right. Today, we're going to be talking about cash. And more specifically, how much cash do I need to have to be able to buy a home? I'm Robert Tuchinski, and this is the Home Buying Guide. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Home Buying Guide, the podcast for home buyers where we cover important topics, go over some tips and tricks, some insider secrets, all meant to help you with your home buying journey. I'm your host, Robert Tuchinski, with the Hive Home Team at Florida Homes Realty. And today's topic is a good one, it's an important one. And that is, it's a question I get a lot, how much cash, how much money am I going to need to buy a home? All right, so let's address something real quick first. If you've had a conversation with, you know, maybe either a friend or a family member about buying a home lately, and that person hasn't bought a home recently, I'm talking about in the last two to three years, then I wouldn't really listen to the crap they're telling you because a lot of things have changed since then. And especially I wouldn't listen to the crap they're telling you if they've bought a house a long, long time ago because things have changed and the amount of down payment you need to bring to a closing have definitely changed drastically since that point. All right. So now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's talk about the two main components that go into the cash that you need to close on a property. Those two components are going to be your down payment for the home and then also your closing costs. And we can go into those two topics um, a little bit more in depth here. The first thing, your down payment is going to be different for every person. And the good news is, like I mentioned, it's not as high as it used to be. It's not that 20 to 25% down payment anymore. Now, it's going to be as low as 3% down. There are programs out there where you can bring 3% down for closing, and that's all you'll need to close. There's also the FHA loan, which is very popular amongst first-time homebuyers, and that has a minimum requirement of a down payment of 3.5%, also quite low. On top of that, there's also ways you can get a property with 0% down, and the two main avenues for that are going to be if you're a veteran taking advantage of your veteran benefits, you can go with a VA loan, which is 0% down, which is a nice benefit for our veterans out there. And also, you can go with something that's known as a USDA loan, the USDA being the United States Department of Agriculture. And it's known as a rural loan, um, but don't let the name fool you because um, sometimes it's just a loan for a slightly less 
densely populated area. And there are areas that you would be surprised that seem actually a little bit more suburban or residential that would qualify for that USDA 0% down loan. So um, it's kind of a case-by-case basis, and it kind of just depends on your situation. If you're a veteran going USDA, if you're a home buyer, or you have access, you can get access to a 3% down loan as well. And then there's also the closing costs. Closing costs are basically a part of every transaction. They're kind of unavoidable. And we'll definitely talk about this in a different episode. Um, so, you know, we'll get more in depth on these things. But some of the things that you might end up paying as a buyer in terms of closing costs are deed stamps, mortgage stamps, transfer taxes. There might be some attorney fees. You're going to pay for an appraisal if you're, um, you know, using a loan to um, buy the property. And there's a few other different closing costs that, like I mentioned, are a part of every transaction. And we'll cover those in a different episode a little bit more in depth. But for now, I just want you to know that those closing, uh, excuse me, closing costs are out there. And they're going to add up approximately, and this is kind of just a you know general rule of thumb, but essentially it's about, for the buyer, it's about 2 to 3% of your overall purchase price as kind of a general, like I said, rule of thumb. And once we kind of identify a specific property, we can punch in some numbers and get you some more exact closing cost estimates. And I will also quickly mention here that when you work with the Hive Home team, it's actually going to be a little bit less because we do offer a rebate for your closing costs. So check in with us and reach out to us about that. But depending on the purchase price of your home, you could be saving thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars on those closing costs. So definitely reach out to us for some more information on that. So let's do the math here and kind of use, I guess, like a real real life or potential scenario and plug in the numbers just to get an idea of what we might be able to expect going forward for the purchase of a, of a property. So um, just as an example, I'll kind of use uh, Jacksonville, Florida, uh, one of the markets that the Hive Home Team serves and that I'm pretty familiar with. So I can kind of, you know, talk about this pretty, pretty comfortably. Here in the Jacksonville area, um, as a first-time home buyer, you can buy either um, a decent starter home or certainly a townhouse or a nice condo in a good part of town, a good kind of central or good area um, of Jacksonville for about $180,000, which is I understand if you're listening in a different part of the country or in a different city in Florida, um, sounds a little bit low, but um, it's pretty pretty realistic here in, in Jacksonville and that's something that you know is definitely out there and available to you. So if we're gonna assume $180,000 as the purchase price and <laughs> one second let me just take out my handy nanny phone and get the calculator out but if we got a purchase price of about $180,000 and you're bringing 3% down that's going to be $5,400 for that down payment. If you're a veteran or going USDA, then um, it's going to be 0% down. So, um, you know, you can kind of ignore this section because if you qualify for one of those loans, then it's a 0% down. But 
Um, if you're a first time home buyer or just a, a buyer, um, we'll use this 3% as an example. So again, that's $5,400. And then you also have your closing costs. And on a purchase price of uh, $180,000, um, let me just do the quick math here. You're probably looking at, and if you're you know, working with the Hive Home team, it might be a little bit less, but you're looking at closing costs of about $4,750. So $4,750 plus that $5,400 I mentioned is going to add up to about $10,000, just a little bit over $10,000. So essentially what you're going to need to bring the closing, your down payment and your closing costs for that $180,000 purchase is about $10,000. And like I mentioned, um, you know, that might not be the case for everyone. If you're in an area where maybe the starter home or the price range kind of for first time home buyers might be a little bit more, a little bit pricier, maybe it's about $350,000 for a entry level condo or maybe small little home, something like that. Then the approximate number or the approximate amount you might need to closing is obviously going to be more. And roughly just off the top of my head, it might be something closer. If that's 10,000, you might be a little bit closer to 20, maybe 19,000 or so dollars. So you can kind of do the math and plug it in for your particular situation. But that's kind of the general overview of how to do the math on that. Now, that is a good chunk of money. And I can certainly respect that. You know, that's not pocket change. <laughs> I get it. So we can talk about, let's talk about a few different things or a few different ways on how to get that money together. And obviously your first and kind of best choice is, um, and I know you're going to hate to hear me say it, but you can save up money um, for the home. You can maybe pass on uh, getting that Uber Eats purchase um, every other day. Maybe you only limit it to once or twice a week. You make a few other small decisions, um, purchasing financial decisions that over time, over the course of your lease for the next year or two is really going to add up. And then you can also take a portion of your monthly paycheck and put that into a dedicated account um, for that down payment, for saving up for that. And that also helps um, a lot of people as well. And then also you can look into, and it depends on every state is different, so it depends on what state you live in, but you can look into some government programs out there that are meant to help you with that down payment. So there are down payment assistance programs out there, depends on what state you live in. Florida, for example, um, does have a down payment assistance program out there. Um, it is um, a, you know, you do have to qualify for it, so it's not available just to everyone. There's certain different, I guess, um, location factors that go into it depending on where you're buying the house and also some income factors as well that determine your eligibility there's also some you know pros and cons to getting um with um or you know utilizing that down payment assistance program so um that's also something that's um, a topic for a different episode but um there are options out there and you can definitely reach out to us and we'll point you in the right direction to get you a little bit more information to see if that might be the right fit for you. And honestly, that down payment assistance program, if it is available, even if it is available to you, it 
might not always be the right fit for you. So um, a lot of the time, or at least sometimes, um, it might be better to just utilize this um, a saved up or savings to come up with that down payment. And I understand that saving is not fun. It's not a fun thing to do, um, but there are some other options as well. And the kind of most prominent or the most kind of commonly used option here, if it is available to you, and again, this is not something I understand and again, available to everyone, but um, you can always get a loan or a gift um, from a family member or a relative. And I think that if you kind of frame it in a adult kind of way, if you kind of explain the benefits, maybe show them a couple episodes of this podcast if you need to, but if you kind of explain to them that you're trying to be an adult and that it's very beneficial to you to be a homeowner, and if there's a way you can work something out or if they can gift you the money, then that is also an option for you as well. And ultimately, honestly, I've seen that used um, um, pretty commonly as well. So if that's something that you can do or if that's something that might be available to you, that's certainly an option as well. All right, so we've kind of gone over how much we need to bring to closing, but by doing that, we've kind of uncovered a new question or a new, I guess, dilemma. And that is, if you really need that much money, and again, you know, like I said, it's not just pocket change. If we really need that much money, then why buy? Why go through with the process at the end of the day when it's, you know, going to require a good amount of money. And the answer to that, or at least how I would respond to that, is to think about the alternative. Consider the other option, and that's going to be renting, which on the surface kind of sounds like a cheaper, less expensive option. And sometimes it may be the case where up front, you're required to bring a little bit less money, but on the back end, you're not really reaping any of the benefits of homeownership. So let's just consider, like I said, the other option, renting, because that's not going to come free either. There's going to be costs and expenses that go into it there. And specifically when I'm talking about renting is when you're going to be applying or looking for a new place to rent, you're going to have some you know, minor kind of application fees, background checks, application fees, this and that, which add up to maybe one or 200 bucks. But also, you're going to have to come up with the security deposit and the first and last month's rent. So while we do have the down payment and the closing costs in the world of buying a home, when you're renting, you still have the security deposit and the first and last month's rent as well. And that's no small amount either. Let's just say, let's just use as an example. Let's just say you're renting a place that's going to be costing you $1,500 a month to rent. So that's $1,500 a month that you're going to have to pay for first month's rent, $1,500 for last month's rent, and then $1,500 for the security deposit, which is going to add up to about $4,500. And then you're going to have those application fees and costs. So you're at right around $4,700 for that. So that's the money that you're going to need up front. Now let's talk about the long run. Let's run the uh, calculations on the wrong, long run. So your rent's going to be $1,500 per month. You're going to have a, uh, let's just say a year. So that's 12 months. $1,500 times 12 months is going to come out to $18,000. 
$18,000 for one year of living in a lease. That's how much you're going to pay for your rent. If you're there for two years, it's going to go to $36,000. If you're there for three years, $54,000, and so on and so forth. And that's just money going directly into your landlord's pocket. So if you are renting or waiting even by one, two, or three years, you're throwing away thousands, if not tens of thousand dollars that could have been going towards the equity of your home rather than into your landlord's pockets. So renting instead of buying could cost you significantly more in the long term. And that's not even mentioning the different benefits of owning a home aside from the numbers that we just ran um, without even considering, and this will be a topic for a different podcast, um, but basically, you know, not considering the tax benefits, the um, gaining of equity, home equity over time, the ability to gain appreciation over time in the property as well, and so many other different benefits that aren't even on the financial side or on the money side of things um, that go into this as well. So that's it for this topic on the money question. I hope that helped you a little bit in determining how much money you're going to need to have to close on your home. Um, If you do have any further questions or if there's anything else I can help you with in regards to this topic or just anything regarding real estate, you can feel free to reach out me, excuse me, to me directly and I'll be more than happy to help you with that. And you can do that by reaching out to us on one of the many social media channels that are out there under the handle or the screen name Hive Home Team. That's going to be spelled H-Y-V-E-H-O-M-E-T-E-A-M. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Robert Tuchinski, your home buying guide, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>